Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 19th of April, 2018. And, um, well, if you live on the uh, uh, east coast of uh, North America, you mightn't believe me when I tell you this, but spring's almost finished. <laughs> get out there, enjoy it while you, uh, when you get it, and while you can. Um, this is Jim Hedger from uh, Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Oh, yeah, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing <laughs> is back in the house. <laughs> I am indeed. I am. Well, thank you very much. Good to be back. Did you have a good trip? I had a fantastic trip. You know, you can't uh, you can't go tootling off to Asia without. Uh, well, you know what? I guess some people could go tootling off to Asia without enjoying it. I was not one of those people. Had a great time. Um, but as always, when you were to you know you go to conferences, you go on vacation, you go on working vacations, you get back, you get your you know you settle back into your regular desk, regular equipment. <laughs> Suddenly, you're going, oh yeah, that's. You know, I have a double monitor for my laptop, but somehow that's not the same as, you know, an i7 PC with six monitors. Um, <laughs> so, so, so what was this? Was this a conference? Was it a vacation or was it a working vacation? Uh, it was a, for me, it was a working vacation. Um, Mary and I told um, our kids that they could pick a place in the world. And when Cayman, my youngest, graduated from high school, we would take them there. Um, and they locked in on Japan. Uh, my kid just graduated in December, the youngest, so off we went. So this is about as far as we can possibly get mom and dad to fly. <laughs> yeah, that was about it. Uh, you know what, my, my eldest tell you had been studying Japanese since grade seven. Both of them just, just love the culture. So, um, you know, and, and I have to say, because he had been taking Japanese, if I had to pick a place to be stuck in that I don't speak the language very well, uh, it have picking the one where I have a kid who does speak it well. <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, so so very very helpful. So yeah, it was a it was a wonderful trip. Um, and uh, yeah, glad to be back. But uh, you know, you still you still have to miss it because uh, you know there's some some amazing stuff over there. Well, while you were away, you missed some uh, some cool stuff happening in the search marketing industry, including this very show. This very podcast being named by Search Engine Journal as one of the top 15 uh, shows that you absolutely, totally got to listen to if you're in the SEO field and want to improve your skills. And they were sure right. <laughs> I thought so, too. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, so, and, and you know what? Two shows for the network. Got to give a hat tip to, to uh, SEO 101, uh, which also made the list. So, you know, we're, we're dominating more than 10% of the list here uh, with Master Radio. Yeah, Ross and John have been insufferable about that, but I got—I got to give them congratulations for uh, for being on the, on the list as well. Um, so uh, again, uh, Search Engine uh, Journal and uh, Aaron Robbins Atkinson, uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, a huge compliment being on this list. Uh, some of the other shows, uh, Search Engine Nerds with Lauren Baker and uh, Brent uh, Satoris, um, Edge of the Web Radio, the SEO podcast with Aaron Sparks. You know, you know how I know that we're, we've been around and that we're really old, Dave? <laughs> you, right. you wake up in the morning and go, God damn, my back hurts. 
That? Well, that and you don't recognize half the names of uh, people who are you know becoming becoming really well known in the industry. Um, <laughs> Digital Analytics Power Hour with uh, Michelle Herbling, Tim Wilson, and uh, Mo Kiss. Um, that the aforementioned SEO One Hundred and One, the uh, <clears throat> number one uh, rated show on the network. <laughs> um, with uh, with Ross and John, uh, SEO podcast, unknown secrets of internet marketing, uh, agents of change with Rich Brooks. Um, search talk live search engine marketing and SEO. So many SEO podcasts. I mean, why didn't we think of that? I know. I know. No anyway, the list goes on. There's uh, 15 of them, so I could read for quite a while longer. Um, all of them are worth reading, and the list can be found at a Search Engine Journal published sometime last week on April the 16th. So, actually, sometime earlier this week. Time flies. Um, so that was really cool. I love love being on lists like that, and I love love bringing the the, the, the show and actually and actually you know getting confirmed that we're 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 actually helping people. Yeah, I know, and that that really is to become like we've been doing this for I don't know. Let's count the alternatives here. Twelve years. I don't know, like a long yeah. time. Um, and it is it is a, just a, a validation. You know, obviously there's there's a, a bit of a, a, an ego benefit that you know sort of go, oh, awesome to be on the list. You know, you like me, you really like me. But um, you know, more importantly, is we have slogged in so many hours, and it is good to know that it, it's just a reaffirmation that yes, we are helping people, and that yes, it is worth doing every week. Um. For five of those long 12 years, well, it's been five long years, and I love, adore, care about, well, you know, all those all those keywords, you just the same. It's been five years of not set keyword data in Google Analytics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that big FU that Google gave us um, a while back. Um, so I remember... Uh, sorry? Well, I don't know if you saw it, but um, uh, in Search Engine Journal again, uh, Winston Burton today published a uh, – today's the anniversary. Today is the five-year anniversary of us getting um, less than stellar information from, <laughs> from Google. Um, and so Winston Burton, uh, SEO Winston Burton, has, has published five workarounds in Search Engine Journal. And uh, these are workarounds I think people should uh, should know about and pursue because, damn it, you need as much of that information as possible. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this is the obvious. Use Google AdWords. Unless, of course, you have an inactive Google AdWords account, one that hasn't had any uh, money used through it. Mm -hmm. In that case, you can't use your Google AdWords account <laughs> because they canceled it on you last week. <laughs> yep. True. Yeah, I know. But if uh, if you do if you, if you can use because you know, Google does give you quite a bit of data you know what's converting what isn't converting what's doing traffic um, if you take that data and you uh, or take what you get from 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 uh, Google AdWords and mix it up with uh, you know research it through say Google Trends you can actually hone in on some 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 strong keywords historic data I don't know about that suggestion. I mean, after five years, right? Like, is, uh, is it, uh, can you really use historic data to um, suss out keyword patterns on, on, on a website, like, you know, five years later? Yeah, I think you and I were kind of on the same page on that one. So, well, you know, it's a, uh, 
it's a suggestion, and in, in some in some cases it may well work. Though, yeah, my tummy doesn't feel right about that. No, and I think you know to to give I guess credit to advice where it's due. In the absence of anything else, that's better than nothing. But with a great big stamp on it of the world's changed a lot. <laughs> like the mobile, you know, your 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 traffic sources are completely different. The devices we're using are completely different. The experiences we're providing are completely different. You're probably two websites later, right? So, you know, you're you're you, you can't weigh it the same. But in the absence of you know, other information, I suppose I would use it, but hopefully, you know, let's go further down this list. Hopefully we can find something better. So, okay, here's one. Winston suggests that you can still get a little bit of data from Google Analytics, which is true. Yeah. Uh, just making numbers up, say you had like 10,000 visitors a month. You know you had 10,000 sessions a month, okay? Mm -hmm. And the very first, when, when, when you go and you, you look at, you know, that Google does actually, for, for some reason, probably because they think it's funny, list keywords that brought people to your website. Mm -hmm. And you can click on that, and you will see, not set. And say you had, say, just, just for the sake of, of conversation, you had 10,000 visitors in a month. Mm -hmm. So you'll see, not actually, Google Analytics is now defaulting to one week, but you'll see 10,000 visitors, right? And mm -hmm. then... Uh, uh, 9,952 not set. <laughs> Seven using the first keyword phrase. Six use the second keyword phrase, and then so on and so on and so on. So there is some data you can get from Google mm -hmm. Analytics, but it is really limited. Yeah. You've done that before, <laughs> right? You've looked at the keyword list and gone, okay, not set, 99.8% of all traffic. Yeah. And everything else is like, how, how useful can this possibly be? Well, that's it. You, you hit this point yeah, of going, well, yeah, what, what am I sort of left with? How, what, what segment would, would this actually make up, um, you know, my traffic? So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, there's something, but not a lot. Not enough to be statistically relevant, in my opinion. One thing you can do, and this, again, is not going to give you a lot of information about the keyword specifically, but it will give you information on how um, individual pages are performing against certain word sets is, um, you know, in Google, Analy Google Analytics or in Search Console, choose a page-by-page. -page, uh, Search Console, actually, you have the, 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 the better options for this. Um, instead of measuring by uh, search phrase or search query, measure by page. Take a look. At, you get a, a, a series of click checkboxes across the top of uh, your default um, Search Console analytics settings. Mm -hmm. Check off performance by page and, 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 and uncheck all the other boxes. You might be surprised by some of the information you can glean that way. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Um, there are other SEO platforms that people are using. Um, Search Metrics, Bright Edge, um, uh, other custom CMSs that also provide analytics, including keyword data, you might be able to extract something from there. Mm -hmm. And lastly, you can get limited information out of Search Console. What did, is there anything anything that you use, Dave, that uh, that, that wasn't mentioned in this list? That you know yeah. your workarounds? Yeah, there's a there's a glaring one missing, but not a lot of people know it. And I, I can't remember who it was that brought it to my attention. I want to credit Dwayne Forrester with this one. Um, but I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I'm going to put it at like, I'm a, I'm a good 90, 95% sure it was Dwayne. Um, 
is Keyword Hero. Um, yeah, it, okay. it's just a it's a it's a tool called Keyword Hero. Um, there there is a free version for some clients. I use the paid version. For some, I I just use the free where it'll only give you the top ten. Um, but basically, what it does, and it's handy as long as you know its weaknesses, um, is it basically connects your Search Console data with your analytics data, and it creates an entirely new property in your Google Analytics. So it only works moving forward. You have to set it up, and then it only works from today forward. Um, but what it basically does is it pulls in your search console data um, into your Google Analytics and connects those keywords together. Now, the weakness of it um, is, and it, there's nothing they can do about this, it's, it's, it's good for what it is, um, is that they have to just sort of play their averages. So they go, okay, let's say 100 visitors landed on page X on Dave's site. Um, and then we know that Search Console is saying this is how they break down, right? Like these are the keywords that drove them there. At that point, they just have to average their way out, right? So they go, oh, okay, well, if, you know, the average page, you know, the average, um, you know, bounce rate was 50% across all of these, then we carry that forward. So basically, it's just averaging everything out. They would go, okay, you know what, 30% of the, the visitors to that page, you know, were from this term. So you know, as people start navigating the site from that page, it just sort of breaks it out as 30%, right, on, on that entry traffic in there. So it, it really is just having to average out because it doesn't actually know, hey, this user landed here like we could in the olden days. They landed here on this query and then carry them through the site. They're just pulling it in from Search Console and going 30% of visitors to that page from Google Organic came from this query and then sort of averaging their path through the site after that, you know, sort of as a breakdown of, of percentage to that page. But it's far superior on a large scale. You'll get really misleading information and horrible, horrible information if you try and jump in on day two with your data and go, hey, this is all my data. You're, you're going to get just horrible, horrible information. But the longer it's running, uh, the, the more statistically relevant, right? They have more and more and more keyword data. And so the, the averaging out um, of, of how how they understand the paths through your site, they are using machine learning and stuff like that to actually start to understand your traffic, and they do get smarter over time. So the longer you run it, the better off you are. And there is a free version, and yeah, it only shows you your top ten, uh, but that's better than you've got. So oh, indeed, it's, it's a hell of a <laughs> Google showing you. So uh, so yeah, it's worth a try. But uh, for a lot of our clients, we just run the the paid version. Um, and if nothing else, where I found it really helpful. Um, you know, specifically for, for a few of our clients is going, okay, let's look at your blogger content traffic. Let's look at your brand and let's segment out um, your, your service or product-based traffic. And on that sort of aggregate, it's really, really efficient. So if we go traffic into your blog does this, and it, it's really helpful for me as an SEO as we're gearing things because it allows me to credit what I'm supposed to be crediting properly. So when I'm saying we're going to be building out this huge content area because that's going to improve your rankings and increase your sales, when I'm reporting back to them at the end of the month and going, hey, your organic traffic increased 20%, it's also nice to be able to go, and your, your traffic to your services pages, yeah, it's not 20%, but it increased five. So it's, we're not just making up fake traffic here that isn't converting. We're actually seeing a measurable impact on the traffic we're trying to, to boost your converting traffic. So it, 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 it's quite handy on those sort of aggregate groupings of traffic. And that it does much earlier um, when you're trying to just segment out your branded or non-branded and stuff like that. It, it, it seems to be more effective quicker 
um, than if you're really trying to fine tune and go, okay, let's look at blue widgets, right? And, and, and you know, monitor a, a single keyword through your site or something like that. that. That takes a lot longer for the data to get there. And it's never super, you know, compared to five years ago, what we had, it, it's never going to be that level of, oh, uh, of effectiveness. But it's something. So keyword-hero.com. Um, and you know what, friends, you got about two and a half, maybe three minutes to go check it out because it's uh, 20 after the hour at the time this was recorded. So um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hatcher from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 19th of April, 2018. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. AM Days 2018 comes to Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Register now at amdays.com. Make the most of your performance marketing with help from some of the most iconic brands, including Microsoft, Capital One, Uber, Backcountry, and many more. AM Days 2018 brings together a powerhouse of industry leaders and dealmakers to network and share insights on the latest practices and cutting-edge updates in performance marketing and more. Make plans to be in Las Vegas for our landmark 10th event. AM Days 2018 Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Webmaster Radio listeners can save 20% on two-day and combo passes using promo code WMR20. Register now at amdays.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture and WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 19th of April, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital News Media and Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing. And uh, so, over the last uh, couple of weeks, Dave, uh, while you've been away, there's been a lot of talk about um, the uh, the new General Data Protection Regulation um, that is, uh, you know, pretty much the, the new law of Europe and. De facto, if you want to do, if you're in North America and you wish to do business in uh, in Europe, then it's the law that you 
basically it's a, it's a new law of the web if you want to have a truly international business. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, a, a historic case happened in uh, in North America where the uh, EU tradition of the right to be forgotten. I'm sorry, a, a, case, a case held in the UK. Um, uh, UK High Court upheld the right to be forgotten, and uh, there is suspicion that that's coming across the pond to North America. Yep. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare that's going to be. Um, Where do you start, eh? Like, yeah, I, I, as, as I'm talking, describing the story, I'm trying to figure out how do you unpack this properly? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different, you know, I, I mean, I guess I can't call it problems. I understand why things are there, but um, what I viewed, and I, I, I don't often feel sorry for Google, but I mean, I, I just don't, um, you know, but in this case, they seem to have been fairly diligent in you know, as people are, are submitting their, you know, right to be forgotten, you know, they, they're going through their, their sort of processes and they're, you know, blocking the content that, that they find worth it. Uh, they're not, you know, depending on, on the specific scenario, is there reason to actually um, block this and, and let somebody be forgotten? Um, and there, there's a whole grouping of criteria. Well, now somebody's taken it to court and one, even though it didn't fit that necessary criteria, that's where I feel sorry for Google. Um, and especially if this cascades across into the United States, just because of the, the differing legal systems, um, can you imagine the litany? Like you, you'll just basically bog Google down. And, and my concern to that is, does the law there become ineffective? Now you can you can you know talk about the merits of the law in and of itself, but if Google can no longer afford um, the the lawyers. To, to sort of support, you know, clearing or, or not, or, or actually vetting or not the, the systems, do they just end up going, fine, anybody who submits it, we have to do it because we can't afford a lawyer for everybody who's going to challenge and everybody's going to challenge because they know they can win. Well, right? it's, it, a, it's an interesting case in that Google, until, until about two weeks ago, Google and every other um, internet publisher in North America was covered by a, a safe harbor provision that... Mm -hmm. Um, allowed publishers to uh, basically be indemnified from third-party content that was put up on, the, on, on, on public sites, yeah. which is why the YouTube comment section is such a vile place. Right. Um, or, you know, why uh, Twitter turned so, so, so awful without any repercussions for the, for the people putting up um, illegal or, or at times like, you know, hate speech. Yeah. Um, don't even get me started on Reddit. Okay. Oh, indeed. But, uh, indeed. Well, you know, but um, in, in the United States, whether you, you know, agree with what is being said or not, there were two provisions. One of them, which is like super heavy, the, US, the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And the other, which was a little more technical, found in um, uh, uh, the uh, online uh, Child Online Protection Act, COPA. Um, did allow for a uh, uh, third uh, safe again safe party for a publisher. If a third party puts something up on on a comment on your blog, you're not legally in America. You're not legally responsible for what it says. You might be morally responsible. Your customers might not like reading that, and they might 
you know, boycott you, but the law won't come after you or wouldn't come after you for it. Recently, trying to close down um, the well, prostitution directory um, back pages in a bid to uh, limit uh, 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 child sex trafficking, that third-party protection was removed. So, Google was able to say at one time, yo, hey, we just scraped this off the web. We, 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 we're just publishing it, you know? Right. I don't know if they got that protection anymore. So if a right, a right to be forgotten case, which is a different, a different, um, would be, is a different legal challenge altogether than, uh, than, 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 uh, third party, uh, than, than third-party protections for publishers. Nevertheless, that, that, still that protection sort of, I think, sort of gave Google the right to scrape content from the web and publish it without repercussion. Mm -hmm. We don't have that anymore. So right. we'll see how that turns out. But um, yeah. I got a feeling that we're going to start hearing cases like that in North America. Yeah, it, it's a slippery slope. And it'll be interesting to see how our courts respond. At the same time, though, there's a, there's a lot of false information up on the web. Shouldn't you have the right? Like, well, the ripoff report. Shouldn't you have the right to go after those guys? Yeah. Yeah, well, and indeed, and therein, um, you know, and then lawyers will decide this, but therein is the slippery slope, right? Because we can all think, um, you know, of some, some very, very quick examples, uh, like ripoff report, great example. Um, you know, child pornography, great example. I mean, probably there is no better example of something that, yes, I should have the right to make a moral call and get rid of it, right? Like I just, no problem. I should have the right to do it, but we will get into some gray areas. Um, you know, some, some areas that, you know, who, who makes that decision as to whether that counts, um, or not, especially in right to be forgotten where we're dealing with an individual who, may have done something in the past that has a right to be forgotten. Well, where is that line? If he was a child predator, does that one get included in there? Obviously not, right? We would all agree as a society, no. How far towards jaywalking do you go from there? Well, here's one. I, uh, a couple of years ago, um, we turned down a client who was a lawyer who, well, his fingers got caught in the cookie jar and he uh, dipped into his client's escrow accounts. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, the, the, the Ontario Law Society held him accountable, but mm -hmm. the courts did not. The courts um, acquitted him of fraud. He was charged and acquitted. So he, he was acquitted. No harm, no foul, right? Right. Wouldn't touch the case anyway because the guy was so guilty. I mean, the guy was so damn guilty. I wouldn't, I'm sure somebody else has, dealt, has, has removed those search or had those search uh, listings bumped down or uh, otherwise affected by now, mm -hmm. um, we wouldn't do it because we were well aware of the case and the guy was so guilty. Um, but in that kind of case, he was found not guilty by a court. Right. Does that, you know, right to be forgotten. But shouldn't the consumer know? Right. And then how much faith do you put in your court system? Because if the consumer has the right to, anyway, you know what? We're going to go down a totally slippery slope <laughs> them because we could talk about this for days. And I'm sure our listeners would go, I didn't get much more than the fact that they're both very confused uh, about which way this should go. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, kind of confused, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I, I admit I have not actually watched 
the the video, the Whiteboard Friday video. Yes. Um, sustainable link building. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, it was it was a good a good piece for for any of our and you know what there's pieces that come up periodically um, where you go as a experienced SEO I can sometimes learn something new usually not I mean there don't get me wrong there's many pieces that come out that I learn a lot from every day but pieces like this you go okay I didn't really gain anything new but if you're new into the industry highly valuable piece and if you are experience it's one of those pieces that will remind you of the stuff that you knew um, or, or just give you a, a slightly different twist um, on on thinking about your own processes um, so for our listeners go to last week's whiteboard Friday it's a, it's a it's a really great one it's on link building um, but the takeaway I thought worth mentioning and it was it was one of my favorites from it um, from from the entire thing, and I'm like, okay, I've actually I've done stuff like that, but I've never thought about it the way he's wording it, and it just absolutely makes sense um, to just set things up that way. And they had a client um, who was celebrating the Internet of Things Day, right? And so they wanted to produce some good content around the Internet of Things to celebrate Internet of Things Day. And this is gonna what I'm about to say. He said is going to sound like a no-brainer. Of course, you do it that way. I've never thought of it this way. So maybe everybody else in the audience is like, Dave. Of course, this is the way things go, and and I just hadn't thought of it this way. Um, they purposely went out and rather than creating content around the Internet of Things Day, they created content on their site around the Internet of Things. Um, they created this with the intent of being evergreen content and then all of their media pushes to acquire backlinks talked about the internet of things day. So the entire promotion around this content talked about the internet of things, um, day, like that this was a celebration and they just put out this content. But if you actually visited the page, it didn't list the internet of things day. It had nothing to do with the actual Internet of Things Day. The reason they did that, and again, this might be obvious to everybody but me, <laughs> uh, but the reason they did that is it gave them the ability to use this content not just year over year, but use it on an ongoing basis um, as a reference point for Internet of Things. So that was one of the interesting takeaways for me. There's a, there's a bunch of them through there, but just a slightly different way of viewing your content. It made me think, right, I don't, you don't necessarily, even if you're celebrating a specific event, even if you're talking about a specific thing, if you can make your content a little more general and then the outreach very specific, it yep. gives you the ability to acquire links to that content in an ongoing basis, even if they're just natural links, um, rather than only during this one time. Uh, and they did that originally because they found that they were getting content that it was either success or failure and they didn't have a second chance. Um, and so that's what inspired them to do this. And I thought, that's great, because we've all been there, and I've never quite approached it. I've had that kind of content, but I've never approached it specifically like that. I probably should have, and I'm, I'm too experienced that I, I, I feel almost embarrassed admitting I've never done that specifically. But hey, it was just a blind spot. I never have done that specifically. It was a really good idea, a really interesting takeaway. Um, and I'm glad that I read it or, or watched it for that. And if somebody else picks up just one more interesting piece of, uh, of information, one more little insight that was in a blind spot you had, that's why I really like pieces of content like that. They can be highly valuable. Okay, well, when you're doing outreach, I just got to say, there are right ways and wrong ways to do things. 
Can I share a story with you, Dave? Of course. <laughs> this starts way back on March the 30th. And in the, in the SEO world, um, as, as anybody knows, March the 30th was several eons ago. Mm -hmm. So I was contacted by this kid named Dylan. And for the time being, I'm going to redact Dylan's last name and the uh, company that Dylan works for. Mm -hmm. Halfway through my rant, my rant, I might stop redacting because I'm probably going to get ticked off, but I'm trying to be calm. Mm -hmm. um, this, this isn't me. It's the heart medication talking. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, Jim. My name is Dylan, and I'm an SDR with name of company redacted. I had an idea for working together on a partnership that will help you add immense value to your agency. We've recently seen a lot of growth and retention recently with most of our partner partnerships with agencies similar as Digital Always Media Incorporated, and I really believe you'll be able to see similar success because that's what name of company redacted is able to offer. What do you think? Who's the best person to speak to with about this? Cheers, Dylan. Okay. So, uh, just so you know, SDR means Sales Development Representative. Okay. okay. So, flash ahead to uh, one week, April 4th. And Dylan, I, I didn't bother writing back because why should I? This was unsolicited, right? right? Say, yeah. Hi, Jim. I'll start with the bad news. We haven't heard from you after multiple attempts to connect. The good news is we're still looking to partner with Digital Always Media as I'm confident we can increase the value of your services. Would you mind providing me with a contact responsible for partnerships? Thanks, Dylan. Name of a company still redacted because for some reason I still care about protecting this little puke. <laughs> um, okay. So... Uh, a couple days later, hi, Jim. I'm hoping you can point me in the right direction. My director has asked me to reach out to you in order to set up a meeting this week. Do you have five minutes to chat with my channel manager? Yeah. So on April the 12th, Jim, it seems like you're super busy since I haven't heard back yet. Let's do this. If you could respond with option one, two, or three, I'll take it from there. And then he lists out these whole long options about like whether or how he can contact and when he can contact me, how he can contact me. And uh, phone number, Skype, etc. I don't even know what's said in these options because I haven't actually read them. They were too long. Jim, they say silence is golden. Since you've been pure gold the last few weeks, do you think you could point us in the right direction of someone who would talk to us who would make a better contact than you? I mean, this guy's getting aggressive. Mm-hmm. This morning, he sent me a picture of a puppy dog. Jim, I haven't had the pleasure of connecting with you yet. I think it's only fair that I give you something before asking for five minutes of your time. So here's a picture of a puppy dog. Now that I've made you smile, would you mind pointing me in the direction of who handles partnerships at Digital Always Media? Okay, that's it. And I just had to, I had to vent. I had to get that out. I don't know why I had to get that out, but for God's sake, what's <laughs> wrong with these people, Dave? Like, do you get like, 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 what's wrong with me that it bothers me this much? <laughs> well, you know what, Jim? I can't answer what's wrong with you that it bothers you so much. I can answer what's wrong with me and everybody else on the web that bothers the rest of us so much. Um, well, I can't really answer. I can only answer for me. It's just annoying, and it's a waste of my time. And here's what really ticks me off. I was about to use different words, but ticks me off. <laughs> 
um, about them, and you use the one word I most hate to be used. Right now, I'm going off on a rant. Yeah, so yeah, apparently, we both go feel the same. It. But the miss, the brutal misuse among so many people, including the person in your story, of the word partner. That's nice. the one that really ticks me off every time. I'm like, no, if you want a partnership, <laughs> that's a very different thing than you getting me to buy your services, right? Like I don't view me and my clients as partners. I view me as a service provider for my client. <laughs> like we're not yeah. partners because I don't get a percentage of their revenue and I don't give my services free. They pay me. We're not McDonald's isn't a partner of me when we're, when I'm hungry and I want McDonald's, <laughs> I'm just paying them and they're giving me a thing. Um, and that's what really drives me. Now, anyway, you know what? We're both on the same page here, Jim. We're both really annoyed by these people. And I have a feeling everybody on this, uh, listening to this podcast right now, uh, can sympathize and, uh, you know, insert their own rant. Okay. <laughs> aggressive mofo beats that puppy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, we have we have we got, we got another another two minutes or so before going to break. Uh, is there is there anything you wanted to, wanted to throw in? Yeah, we can cover um, my brilliant grasp of the obvious um, that, mm -hmm. uh, that that Google likes to toss in. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to go because it'll be a shorter story. Um, I'm going to go with something that is a relief because we've just gone off rants, and and this is something that I generally rant about, but I'm not going to anymore. Uh, Google Chrome to prevent videos oh, yes. with sound from auto-playing. Okay, what a so you're wonderful development. <laughs> now, this, this, this doesn't happen to, to me ever. It happens, it happens to David once in a while, especially when, when, when Mary's not looking. <laughs> but, like, you're sitting at... It happens to all of you all the time. You're sitting at your desk at work, supposedly minding your boss's business, but, you know, watching your favorite cat videos on YouTube. Or, I'm sorry, watching your, you know, uh, surfing on, on, on the web, right? Right. Say you're on Facebook or something, and this this video that you just have to see is there, and you click on it, and suddenly come boom over your speakers, the loudest noise possible, and everyone's looking at you, knowing that you're smacking at work. That happens, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Even happens <laughs> to you every once in a while. Barry looks up and goes, "Dave, what are you doing? What are you doing, buddy?" <laughs> um. Well, this doesn't have to happen to you anymore because Google's go or Chrome is going to cut that audio off, or or just cut those videos off if they have like autoplay. Or won't won't have them autoplay. Yeah, and that is a great one, and especially because and we've we've all seen them where you've got videos being embedded in locations you may not even be expecting a video. Heck, that's happened to me when I'm in prep for our radio show, right? Like, I'll be like, you'll post a bunch of links, I'll post a bunch of links just so we can get, and then one of them on Business Insider or something like that <laughs> has some <laughs> autoplay video, and I'm trying to pay attention to you and Brasco, um, but I've got, and I'm not sure which of my 18 tabs <laughs> this mm -hmm. video's playing in, and you're frantically trying to figure out uh, figure that out. So, you know what? Even just for the smoother operating of our show, I'm grateful. Um, but yeah, no, those are those are the ones that really annoy me. And they, uh, thanks Google <laughs> for, for that one. Um, I, I appreciate it. We're in this like miniature um, sort of sort of like this, this this quiet battle of the browsers right now. Eh? Mm -hmm. Firefox has just come out with a uh, with a seriously good product. And um, now uh, uh, Chrome is making uh, announcements about features they're adding to their product. 
Yeah. Do you remember when Firefox was just the default in our industry, right? It was just like, yeah, it's Firefox, right? Like everybody was just using Firefox and how, how quickly Chrome has uh, stepped up and, and taken. So, I mean, it's been over years. I say how quickly. It seemed quick. Uh, well, Firefox became a memory hog, right? And then Chrome had all those like like spiffy extensions and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it's, it's Google search engine. Or, or I'm sorry, it's, it's Google's browser. Um, if you want to see how, you know, quote unquote, if you want to see how Google renders a page, you got to look at Chrome. Not that we actually know that, but we think that because it's Google's browser. Right. So, yeah, you know, that's just sort of how I think now Chrome is what, 63 to 64, 65% of the market? Yeah, it's what IE was. <laughs> like once upon a time. Oh, IEIO, uh, indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, it's what and, and it's what what Netscape slash Mozilla slash uh, Firefox was and could be again. Yeah, uh, remembering yeah. Uh, a little bit. We will go to break in just a second, but remembering a, a Firefox is Internet history. Eh? Firefox, its original kernel, is the reason we have um, a World Wide Web that we're able to uh, surf around and understand so well because that was the original Netscape browser which kind of changed everything. Yeah, you know what? I never think of that, but it's true. A um, little bit of history there. And we've got okay. so many of our listening audience going, Netscape, what? Look it up, kids, during the commercial break. <laughs> back, back, back in the days of dial-up, it really existed. Okay, we got to take a break. Um, it's a uh, quarter to the hour at the time of taping, so on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 19th of April, 2018, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We are rounding out the hour with uh, Dave Davis from Feedstock Internet Marketing and Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Um, I guess we got a couple of Muellerisms to go through. Um, <laughs> uh, the first one being Google generally prefers one strong page to several smaller pages. The second being Google can only judge quality uh, site quality of indexed pages. If Google <laughs> hasn't seen it, it can't say whether it likes it or not. <laughs> it's like Google on Tinder, right? Oh, no image. <laughs> yeah, for, for, this is the one I was thinking of going to before we went to break, but I was like, brilliant grass to the obvious. And, and you covered it exactly. Google can only judge what they've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why you don't find Google on Tinder? Um, nobody <laughs> understands it anyway. <laughs> okay, what, where are we going? Strong sites or uh, silly statements? Well, I guess we, you know, covered the silly statement. It, <laughs> just, it just is that way, and and I don't. You know, every week we ha- seem to have a new one where it's like, okay, and here's something that just shouldn't even be asked. Um, that is there it's like i don't know how do you know what you don't know right i mean well you don't neither does google that's how this all works out uh, Wow, man oh my <laughs> god that's like dab that's like oh dude what a question oh sorry <laughs> wrong network really- <laughs> <laughs> um but a more interesting one uh from from uh from john um is the other one you brought up which is the preferring of uh, one strong page versus multiple smaller pages. Um, so I'm going to set this up for you. I'll set this up for you and see, and see if you can explain this to the audience, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, the quote, as, uh, as, as John said, those smaller pieces themselves might not be that clearly kind of targeted where we can really recognize actually all of the information is here and they can navigate to the rest of the site here. Okay, I set you up. Okay, what is John trying to say here? It actually makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, I think what this all boils down to is answering the single question, what information, what page, and what structure will provide the best possible probability that the user's intent will be met? I mean, at the end of the day, in in Google search results, in a a machine learning world, um, this is the end-all be-all of what they're trying to accomplish. They want to know that when they, that when somebody clicks on a result on, on the Google searches, um, that the person is highly likely to find the information they're looking for. What John's basically saying here is, 
and, and, and we all have to take this with a big caveat and grain of salt. But basically what he's trying to say is having one page with the most robust information you have on a subject is going to have a higher probability of serving the user than a bunch of smaller pages, each one answering its own sort of microcosm of a question, right? So you think of a um, Wikipedia versus an eHow, which one is most likely to serve the user intent um, for a general query. Now, sometimes it will be the eHow. How do I bake a potato, right? I don't need a Wikipedia page on the history of potatoes in Idaho, right? I, I just need a, a small thing. And Google will understand the, the sort of intent of the user in that context. But I think when he's making a general statement on ranking for the widest you know, variation of terms, the, 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 the strongest possible result you can have, what he's trying to say is creating one page that fulfills multiple user intents and not just the user intent of that specific query, but supplemental queries that they would probably have. You've answered that query. They've probably got another question. Does your page answer that question? Right? Those sort of things. I think what he's trying to get at is you've maximized the odds that Google's going to view your page, see that you're meeting the user intent, whatever it may be related to that, and that you're probably going to meet their next intent as well if they have a follow-up question on a page with a lot of information. We saw this in a study that was done on voice search um, where the answers being given were 29 words and the uh, on average, um, but the pages that the answers were being drawn from, and I'm going from memory here, but if, if memory serves, they're about 2,800 words, right? So yeah. Google wanted a robust data set even to answer a very simple thing just to know that the next supplemental question is probably answered as well. One of the, uh, one of the things that's been happening in SEO and webmastering in the last uh, year or so is people are doing what, what, what I'm calling page pruning. They're um, trying to make their page like represent the answer to one singular question, mm -hmm. um, which you know actually when you think about, it, I guess it's kind of the advice that folks like us have been giving. Except we haven't said do do this with one singular answer on your page. We've actually said make your page answer you know a series of questions you know about the same topic. And what John's trying to say here is you know if say you have a blue widget and a blue widget has four different functions you probably describe all the functions of the blue widget on the one page rather than making four specific pages unless those functions are so topically different from each other um, that they require like like completely different pages. You're still probably going to get the information about this featureful blue widget is still probably going to be better housed on one page than on a bunch of separate pages. Mm-hmm. So um, that's good advice. It is good advice. Now, on the other side, and just you know, I'll, I'll list actually a, an example from a, from a client that I've had recently. Their site's built in Angular. Um, so basically, this this entire site, uh, well, I guess not built in Angular, but anyway, I'm not going to get into all the technical sides. But basically, it's built as one page. It's just this massive. <laughs> it's this massive singular page. We had to go through great lengths to get different URLs rendering to divide this up into, into what Google would view as multiple pages and not just view the entire website and all of the property listings on it and all of the blog posts and all of everything as just one massive page. That's just inherently how it was built. And then we had to you know, figure out how to, how to make it work outside of that to, to have multiple URLs. 
would John be saying, hey, we're going to view this single page site as more likely to meet the user intent? Heck no. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, because as far as, I mean, yes, they're pretty good in, in, in this site. And specifically, they should be able to actually see the user experience. If you listen to Google and they'll go, hey, we've got this whole Ajax thing. No, they don't. Um, they might in specific applications. They sure as, you know, I was about to say a word I shouldn't. Um, they sure as heck uh, didn't in, in, our, in our instance have the ability to actually understand where things were in, in different pages. So we had to break it out for them into different URLs. But the fact is, if I'm going, hey, these are oceanfront, and hey, these are pet friendly, and hey, the, you know, breaking up our different property listings, it's going to rank better for us to have one uh, page dedicated to oceanfront properties for oceanfront related queries than just have this big homepage that happens to have some oceanfront properties on it. Um, so that's the, the, the real crux of, I think, what John's getting at and what people have to remember. It's not just about cramming as much information as you can onto a page. Um, it's about fulfilling the user intent and likely supplemental intents that that user may have. So if you think, I'm going to land them here, here's the, the, the queries that we're, we're really targeting, and you're trying to boost your content, think, once I've answered that query, what's the next thing they want to do? What's the next question they have? That's the next intent that you want to meet, probably on that page, but if it doesn't fit that page, then ignore what John's saying and move them to a new page. Just make it easy, right? But you're just there to fulfill the user intent. So that's what John's, I think, really getting at is, and, and to your point, having a bunch of little content is just a pain in the butt, right? Like having, having a whole site of individual little definitions, that's actually kind of a pain. You need like a, a larger, more robust glossary of terms related to your niche or, or something like that, and Google will understand what it is. Maybe use named anchors if you're really interested in, in sort of segmenting it out for Google. Um, got like one minute. And I, 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 I want to get so technical right now because this is actually this is one of my one thing. I love content's my thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm really into goal oriented content, um, especially when, when we're thinking about um, uh, working into a, a mobile future world. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know how uh, you're told when you're telling a story, you need to, or you're writing an essay, you have your, your introduction, your uh, middle section, and your conclusion. Yeah. Um, think about drawing your user towards your conversion goals. Maybe it's downloading a newsletter. Maybe it's looking at technical specs. Maybe it's looking at um, the rental property that, uh, clicking on, on the rental property that best meets the keyword query. Um, whatever the goal is, just like answering questions, you have goal one, goal two, goal three, goal four. You can stage that moving down the page, um, and we have to get off the air. We are seriously running late. Oh, you can stage show. these goals as you're running down the page um, and, and, and use that to sort of answer those questions in your, in your mind as, as you're moving the user along. And on that, we don't even have time for niceties. On behalf of Dave Davies <laughs> from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, it's Jim Edwards from Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm on the 19th of April 2018. Stick around the network. Great content coming up after the news. We will be here next week.
The opinions expressed on the program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.